Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, the podcast where you don't know what to expect and neither do we. Um, <laughs> That's truth. <laughs> so with me today, as always, is my good friend, Jeremiah. How you doing, man? Hello. I'm doing well. I'm not sick. So this is good news for everybody, especially me. It's good news for me because I am officially five and a half feet away from you. Socially distant. We are trying to socially distance ourselves as much as possible. Physically um, distant. Yes, yes. And because uh, I don't want, I mean, typically I try to social distance from Jeremiah anyways, because. <laughs> don't tell you, me it's because of deodorant. You, you just don't know because he never uses deodorant apparently. So, um, And if you didn't, if you don't know what that's all about, listen to our last uh, podcast and you'll totally understand where that's oh, coming from. That was a fun one, man. In the woods, around the fire. Listen that, to it. That was really different too. Just being able to uh, to do the podcast like by the fire. Interesting. I, I didn't know it was going to work. We had uh, Ben McMillan or Flynn McKillen. Man, Flynn I can't Mc- remember <laughs> what he said. <laughs> and then uh, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. <laughs> they were both on there. A lot of fun. Yeah, and I need to give a heads up before we go any further. If there was ever a horrible time for a pandemic to hit America, it's in the spring when flu, or not when flu season, but when uh, allergy season starts. Because there's a whole bunch of us that have allergies and we cough and sneeze, but we're not sick. Mm, all the time. And, and so if you hear me coughing, I do not have COVID. I'm not running a temperature. <laughs> I have no body aches. I have allergies. And uh, so, so there is that. Um, and I would not take this lightly because I have two small children and a wife who has asthma. So, uh, yeah. So I have to get that out there. If you hear me coughing, I promise I have been doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. If you hear me coughing, that's actually JK coughing. So yeah, if you hear Jeremiah coughing, it's probably COVID, and he just doesn't <laughs> care and showed up at my house. So, um, well, what are we talking about today? So I had this idea. I, I think if you look on the table, I, I for those of you who who are are listening in, I've got a bunch of camping gear sitting on the table, and I thought it would be a good idea to have a backpacking gear battle royal. And basically, we're going to pit items against each other to decide which ones we like better, why we like them better, and if you even need to take them out into the woods. This is an interesting topic, and I will say, and this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, I played a Battle Royale last night for the first time ever, and I played it on Call of Duty. And i got to say, I don't like it. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I like this Battle Royale more because it has to do with backpacking. And that's what people are here for, right? So I tried, I tried to play Fortnite a couple times. I don't like it, man. I'm terrible. Maybe um, I'm just too old. I don't know. I'm just terrible at it. I've got friends that are my age that play it and they're great. I'm just horrible at it. It's too much. It's too much, man. It's like I, if I'm going to have, if I'm going to beat someone with a baseball bat, I'd rather have a real baseball bat and beat real people. <laughs> You know <laughs> the extremes. Now, I, I, actually, I think that's just that's just the uh, the quarantined version of me right now, who's just wanting to get out and do anything. Cabin you know? fever, man. Oh, it's horrible. Well, I'm going to like this better. Okay, so let's let's start off with with uh, 
what I w- what I would say is a pretty contentious battle in the backpacking world, and that is the life water bottle versus the Nalgene bottle. Now, if you talk to your typical ultralight backpacker, they're going to tell you they don't bring Nalgene bottles ever with them because they're just heavy, they're bulky. Um, you can get a life water bottle for like a dollar ten, and you can keep filling it up over and over again, and it works great. Screws right into a Sawyer filter, um, but also a smart water bottle. Yeah, basically synonymous. Smart water, life water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. Um, let me ask you, Jeremiah, which do you prefer, or is it possible that you like them both? Oh, this is an interesting question. Yeah. Because we can imagine in a perfect world where Nalgene bottles weighed the same as smart water bottles, there'd be no argument in my opinion. But you could take both. Like, you could do one of each. Explain that to us, man, because that's, that's an interesting concept you got going on. So I would say, especially in the winter, everybody's biggie with the Nalgene. The defense is, I like the Nalgene because I can put hot water in it and it's like a hot water bottle that you would use whenever you have a backache or something, right? Yeah. You fill it up with hot water. It stays hot for a little while. And it feels good. In the wintertime, that's going to warm you up. Um, as for the smart water bottle, you don't want to put boiling hot water in there. I don't know if it would melt it or not. We need to do an experiment and see. That, that we, could be a future episode right there. I know that you can boil water in plastic water bottles as long as the flames aren't licking the bottle where there's where there's no water, you know, like maybe at the top, because it'll crinkle it up. Right. So I'm I'm thinking um, the perfect combination could be both, but I'll tell you, I do like the 500 milliliter smart water bottle over the one liter. And basically because two reasons. If I'm taking my Osprey pack, it's an Osprey Atmos 65 liter. It has angled pockets and the one liter bottle will poke my back if I put it in in the angled slot. And the 500 milliliter doesn't because it's half the size. Right. And then if I have a backpack with an, a pocket that goes under it, basically where you'd sit the backpack down on the ground, it has a pocket there on the bottom of the backpack. The 500 milliliter water bottle fits in there perfectly and it's super easy access. So now, Gene, it's got the big round mouth on it. So. It's easier sometimes to drink from, I think. Mm -hmm. It's like drinking from a glass. As for the smart water bottle, I'm actually not a huge fan of the squirt lid, even though you can use like one. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Most people like those. I I know, but I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I've had them to break, like in the field, especially if you're doing a through hike. You know, I guess I'm just a cheap guy, but they'll break and then like half of the lid will be there. And then you have to keep up with that top part. So you can put it on. If it comes all the way off, then imagine you're having to like snap it on on top. It's not fun. So then it's two days until you can resupply and you're dealing with a bottle where if you lose the top part, it's like an open bottle. You know, that's never going to happen with an Nalgene ever. So you don't bring extra caps with you. (laughs) Excuse me. Cough right at you. I saw that. I was like, like, dude's going to get me sick. What are you doing? So I... I don't really bring extra caps with me, maybe on like overnighters, but on the through hike, not typically. It is nice if you have, you know, a bladder and say you're going to collect water and you want to collect two or three liters for camp at night. Mm -hmm. And then you want to fill up your bottles. 
and you'll have enough water for all night to cook your meals. You'll have enough water for breakfast the next morning, and you'll have enough water to fill up your bottles before you leave camp. Well, then I'll carry an extra cap to put on top of the bladder. Okay. And especially in the wintertime, if my... I don't... If if I'm going to leave my um, my filter on top of the bladder, I don't need an extra cap because that is the cap. The filter's the cap. Now, do you do you ever do what a lot of the uh, thru-hikers do where you put the uh, the filter actually on the bottle? I have, I did a little bit of research because I've ruined multiple Sawyer filters. So typically that's a Sawyer squeeze that people put on top or Sawyer Micro or Sawyer Mini. And they'll right. basically fill up the bottle with dirty water. And then they will put it on top. They'll put the filter on top and drink through it. Right. I've done that. And I did it a lot through my, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm completely out of focus. I'm totally out of focus. <laughs> Hold on just a second. You're, I think your video is going to be dream. It's going to be dreamy. Everybody can look at you. They don't want to do that, trust me. Oh, look at that. There you are. Look at that. You Focus look right on my now. chest. You look beautiful. <laughs> that big so, blue chest, man. So I did that on my through hike, but not really a fan. And according to Saw, you're not really supposed to do that. Yeah, there's something to do with the vacuum. Yeah. Because when, it, when uh, you pull water out, it has to pull air through. And so it's pulling air through the opposite direction, and it's not really made to do that except for when you're actually uh, uh, cleaning it out. It'll ruin it. Yeah. It'll ruin it. A lot of people do it. And you know, for $30, if you're going to use it on a thru-hike, yeah. $30 is nothing when it comes to a thru-hike. Even like a 30-day thru-hike costs me hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah, same here. So if you're doing, you know, if you're doing three or four, five, six months out there, $30 is pocket change. It's yeah. so expensive. Absolutely. Okay, so I know for me, I also am a smart water slash life water bottle guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that cap though, personally. And but I'm also I'm I'm different than you. If I'm going out for an overnight, I don't worry about bringing an extra cap. But if I'm going for a longer hike, I'll actually take the caps mm, because if they case. do break, if they do break, I, I want to make sure I've got something to put on there. Yeah. Because I have heard stories. I'm. I'm an insane studier when it comes to doing something. Okay. You have to understand, like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy when I go out backpacking. So, um, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't have the right gear. The guy who is asking for help from other people. Um, I just don't like being that guy. And because of that, um, I, I studied and studied and studied. I watched videos by Darwin, Dixie, Frozen, you believe it or not? No, not even kidding. Before I won the shell toy, actually, uh, actually, shortly after I started on the shell toy, I watched a few of your videos. Um, but yeah, I, I watch a lot of other videos from other through hikers and backpackers to kind of get some ideas on on what I need to do because I don't want to be that guy. But I have, I've been that guy. Have you? I had to. I lost two O rings out of the saw. Oh the yeah, I've got an extra in my bag. I ke- I kept an extra. I actually took an extra, but then I lost it. Out. Sometimes you squeeze it on. You put it on too tight. And I don't know. Yeah, it yeah. come out in the water and just was oh, gone. Oh no, just gone forever. See, so you also littered, is what you're saying. Well, you not did, on purpose, you, you but did, absolutely. You did not leave no trace. I probably killed a turtle or two. You did. You killed. You killed some fish. <laughs> so, um, somebody gave me one though. Well, that's cool. Those in my trail family. That's so. cool. Well, and I, I also like to make sure I'm able to do that for other people because I know I've had yeah. to help people out. Um, even with Flash, when we went out, he was having trouble with. Uh, with blisters and his moleskins or something weren't sticking right. I can't remember what it was, but um, I ended up loaning him some Luco tape for his feet. That's the best, you know? And, and so you want to be that guy. I'd rather be that guy. You know what I mean? 
I don't want I don't want to be the guy that needs help. I want to be the guy that's helping everybody else. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, but uh, back to the bottle. Um, yeah. yeah. I funny thing. I you've always told me the whole thing with the Nalgene bottles and filling them with hot water and sleeping with them. Yeah. And so I was going in February up to Wisconsin, backpack with a bunch of guys. It was a good trip. Um, so I, I had my, my Nalgene bottle sitting on this table that we're sitting at right now. This mm-hmm. is my kitchen table, by the way, uh, because we can't go to the studio because we have a studio. Casa de JK. Yeah, but no, we're sitting on the dinner table right now. I had it sitting on the dinner table, and I was going to take it with me. I completely forgot it. So I get to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I decide I'm going to go. They've got a uh, some kind of like outdoor store up there. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. I think it was Gander Mountain or Gander Outdoors or whatever they call it now. Yeah. So I went up there, and I bought another. I bought this Nalgene bottle. Had it in the front seat of my car. Uh, Dan Becker picked me up from my hotel so we could get everything together and go up to the trip. And I left it in the car. The Nalgene. The Nalgene bottle. Two Brand Nalgenes. Yeah, had, had two ready and forgot them both. Uh, and so I never actually got to try what you were talking about. Weather's warming up now. I'm not going to use it now. Yeah. That thing's going to be sitting until like next December. So, man, I hopefully we can still go backpacking in December. There's like <laughs> yeah. legitimate fear over that right now. So, um, so I would dare say in, in, in the battle number one, the winner seems to be far and away the smart water slash life water bottle. Yeah. And then you can great. actually get like knockoff now. Great value. Oh, that's Makes true. the exact same bottle. From Walmart. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Battle number two. Battle number two. This is one that I think you and I are on different areas with, and that is the Uh-oh. ground sheet. Yeah, you got it wrong, dude. I I am a I'm a Tyvek guy, and you're a Polycro guy, so I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, but what do you want me to say? Why why I'm right? You're, you're wrong, wrong. You're wrong. But but you go ahead and go. I'll you're just let wrong. You go. First of all, you're definitely <laughs> wrong. I'm taking a hard stance on this, and normally I don't do it. But I can't think of any way that Tyvek is better than Polycro. And if you can think of ways. By all means, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM, whatever, comment on the channel, and you can argue your point, which I'm sure JK will have. Polycrow is cheaper. If you don't know what Polycrow is, it's basically plastic. If you imagine uh, painter's drop cloth, it's like that except thinner and cheaper. And you can order it on Amazon for like five bucks, and it is enough for literally any tent you can think of that's smaller than like seven people. So you buy it, and then you cut it to size. Now, the disadvantage is it rips easier. So while you're cutting it, you have to be careful not to nick it, and you may have to put a little piece of tape on there if you do. But other than that, it's got poly, it's got um, Tyvek beat in every aspect. Okay, It's lighter. It does not absorb water. You realize you just said it's fragile. No. That, that, that's already one area where you're going to lose. So keep going. Only the edge. So only the edge... And when you nick it, a prepared person as yourself would probably have something that they could tape it with anyway because you were talking about Luco tape and how you had so oh, Poor thing has to get nicked. Sorry. No, I'm just saying. You have to cut the Tyvek too, right? It yeah. comes in giant sheets. And you don't have to worry about nicking it. Okay, that's true. That's true. Just saying, you, you gave a bad argument to start off with. Well, I just want to lead with the negative so okay. we can end okay. on the positive. Okay. All the positives were it wins out. So it's lighter. Wins out. It wins out, man. It's lighter. It does not absorb water like Tyvek. Okay? I know Tyvek doesn't absorb much water, but Polycro absorbs zero. It's kind of like Sil Poly versus Dyneema. 
One of them, water evaporates super fast. The other one absorbs some water. Okay. Also, it, I think, in my opinion, it's easier to get. Now, for me, anyway, it was easier to do two-day Amazon Prime than it was for me to go buy Tyvek. Now, if you got a friend that's a builder or somebody that already uses Tyvek, you know, to put on the outside of the house when they're building, maybe that's easier for you. But for me, it was easier to buy it for five bucks. And I even had enough from that one box to make ground sheets for two different tents. I think I think that's it. That's, oh, that's it, 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 that's no, it. it compacts it compacts smaller too. Okay, okay. Is that all you got? Well, I think I'm. I'll definitely have a counter argument to whatever you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What do you got? What do you got? First off, the, the one of the things I do love about Tyvek is that it has a little bit of structure to it, and the reason for that is if you're using a frameless backpack. One of the best things you can do is add structure to the backpack. And by taking your, your Tyvek and putting that right up against your back, you're able to flatten the back side of your backpack so you don't have any lumps pushing in weird spots on your back, which is a great positive already of that. And we're not even talking about what it's really for. So another thing is it is nearly indestructible. Nearly indestructible. You can't rip that stuff. You can't grab that with your hands and rip it. It's just not going to happen. And as far as the waterproofness of it, I mean, they put it on houses for a reason. Just saying. So it, it's it's pretty waterproof. The other thing that's great about this, with my hammock, I actually put it underneath my hammock as a place where I can put my feet at night when I get out of my tent. And I don't have to worry about it moving too much. I don't have to worry about accidentally ripping it because I stepped on it with my, my hiking God, shoes. You're not going to rip it from stepping on it. With, with hiking shoes? With anything. I don't believe you. Seriously. But But it's also much easier to work with on a windy day. That is very when true. When the wind is getting heavier. crazy, exactly, but it's not even heavy. I know. That whole thing heavier. maybe weighs like two ounces. It probably weighs like a quarter of an ounce if it was polycrust. I can deal with it if it means I can trust it more. That's true, I guess. So, but but it, one of the, thing, the things I do like about it is it's so versatile. You can even take that. Say you have, you, you're going to go sit out with people and it's raining. You can actually take that thing and set it up as a tarp and put it over your heads. So you don't have to worry about it ripping or anything happening to it and it'll work really well as a tarp just to cover you up in a case of a rainstorm or something without having to pull out a huge 12 foot tarp or something and i actually have rings put on that for that reason so that if i need it for a tarp i can do it um i don't think you do that polycro i don't know maybe if you put your own grommets on there somebody asked me if i put grommets on mine i was like no nah, definitely not. i've never maybe. seen polycro with grommets does that work no idea never done it <laughs> I mean, I assume if okay, you so were we, to so like, what we're saying is we need to boil water in a in a smart water bottle, and definitely. we need to put grommets on Polycro. Sounds like some video ideas, probably yeah. some crash and burn video ideas. Probably I'll now, as, now as far up. as expense, Tyvek's pretty cheap too. I actually got mine on Amazon. Really? Yeah, I got a huge sheet of it. It was enough for it was enough for two tents, and it it wasn't much, maybe five ten bucks. It wasn't super so comparable. Expensive. Yeah, the price is not really a big deal. And the other thing is, if you have people that are builders. You can just get hold of your buddy and say, hey, man, can I get a big sheet of that Tyvek? And they'll be like, yeah. A lot of times they throw it away. They throw away Just like in a dumpster. Yeah. So if you know anybody who's a builder or works in construction, like a Jason Wall. Yeah. um, You know, you could. Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. uh, Sorry, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. Um, if, uh, (laughs) if, If you know somebody like that, you could probably get it pretty easy as well. And you can also, like, if you're around a shopping center and um if there's a dumpster like by a build site maybe they're building a building or something you can stop by and ask one of the workers hey 
Did y'all throw some Tyvek away in here? Do you mind if I grab it? Oh, and yeah. That's yeah. an easy option, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that for me, the Tyvek's just great because there's so many uses for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it seems like every time I go backpacking, there's wind. And yep. for me, there's nothing more annoying than laying down a ground sheet and then go chasing it off, you know, trying to get it back. It's just not my thing. You know what I normally do to keep it from uh, <laughs> blowing away and stuff? And y'all can try this, too. If you have trekking poles... I put a trekking pole on each side, and if it's a freestanding tent, then it's a lot easier because you can pick the tent up and move it. Mm-hmm. So you stretch out the polycrow, you put your trekking pole on each side, you put your tent on top of it, move the poles. Or if you have a non-freestanding tent, you can um, leave one side, you know, you put it down where you want your tent to be, and then you can adjust the polycrow after your tent is up. Like you can mm-hmm. reach under the tent and pull it. Which I'm sure you do with Tyvek. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a little hack. And I don't want... (laughs) you got to remember, there's entertainment value in this podcast too, right? Yes. It's not just information. So I'm taking a hard stance. No, it doesn't suck. It's good. (laughs) But I'm saying, I may be playing it up a little bit. Because I'm willing to use Tyvek too. I know that we were talking off air. Because it's better. No, they both have strengths. Right? So... It, it stays in place better, like you're saying about, especially in the wind, but it'll also stay in place better inside my tent. At Like if you put a ground sheet down, put a tent down, and you have dogs, and your dogs could tear the bottom of your tent. Like I have some delicate tents because they're lighter. Right, right. So if I take the dogs, I'll put a piece of Tyvek inside the tent too so the dog's claws don't rip it. Now, I don't know if the dogs would rip the polycrow, but I'm not willing to chance it, you know. Right. That's not what it's made for. Right. So I just want everybody to know, if you're going to shoot me a DM, this is entertainment value too. Okay, I'm so, yelling and laughing. Okay, so let's let's talk the positives, the win over each one. So okay, Polycrow's lighter. Yeah. I Tyvek's, think it's cheaper. Tyvek's more durable. True. Um, Polycrow is a little bit cheaper. Barely, I guess. A little bit cheaper. Unless you find a work site, then it's not cheaper at all. You have to drive there. Yeah. Um, Tyvek has more uses than Polycrow. You can't use Polycrow inside your tent to really protect your tent very well. It's probably going to get tore up just as bad as your tent. Yeah, and I'd say the tarp. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, and the tarp. So what we're looking at, we've got two. It's two apiece right now. Okay, two yeah. apiece. So pick your poison. I think I think the winner though would be the fact that it does have a little bit more substance to it, and you can actually, if you're setting up in the wind, Tyvek a little easier to use. Yeah, but then Polycrow. You don't need the structure of the Tyvek if you have a framed pack. But if you have so, a frameless pack, if you have a frameless pack, then you're probably trying to get as least amount of weight as possible, right? Because the structure of the frame pack allows me to take 35 pounds and it not hurt. You know, it's just you just don't to want to lose. That's all it is. I'm just saying we're all winners here. <laughs> I'm a millennial, man. Don't hurt my feelings. Can I get a participation trophy, please? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the grandpa mug. <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn it around so people can see that in the video. Oh, oh it I actually know. says grandpa on it. So. Oh, I, I am a grandpa. You are. Yes. So, all right. What's next? Okay, so next up on the list, this is something that's newer for you and I, in the grand scheme of our our backpacking careers, but. We're going to go tent versus hammock. Oh, wow. So I think this is a good one for both of us because I don't know that either one of us is like hardcore 
about one or the other. Yeah. Um, I know I have a preference, and um, I'll go ahead and go first this time because I keep making you go first. Yeah. Are so we, I'll go first are we this picking time. one? Or I think are we're we going to one we're, to decide. We're going to decide which one is better. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're on the, the same team this we're time. On the same, we're on the same team most okay. of the time, except for that last one because you were wrong. But, well, um, I agree to disagree. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let, let's talk tents for a second. Um, when I first started backpacking, I was a tent guy, period. Yeah. Just I was a tent guy. I had I had slept in a hammock, but it wasn't a good experience because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I just laid straight in it. And I didn't like realize, yeah, I didn't realize the banana effect at the time. So uh, sleeping straight in a hammock is not a good call. It doesn't feel good. Um, you're, I didn't have an underquilt. So my butt was freezing cold all night. I just didn't know any better. And I didn't want to, I didn't think I was supposed to put a sleeping pad in there. So I, I didn't know anything, you know, this was all brand new to me. And uh, that wasn't, that was just a car camping trip. And I thought, well, oh, I'll sleep in a hammock. That'll be awesome. <laughs> and it sucked. And it was the worst. I got like two hours of sleep. And there were these stupid whimper wheels that were making that dumb noise that they make all night. People love those. I hate oh, them. I hate those birds so much. But uh, yes, I, there there are things I hate. People. It's just it's just whipper reality. Whipper wheel. Oh, that's what they do all night. Whipper wheel. Oh, I hate it's them. Annoying. They're I terrible. Think. So so I, my first impression of a hammock was terrible. So I was straight to the tent when I started backpacking. Most people are. And I got to be honest, I like the privacy of a tent. Mm-hmm. I really like the privacy because after spending an entire day with other people, I kind of want to get away from everybody for a little bit. I kind of like it after the fire, just go get in the tent, watch a movie or not watch a movie, just pass out. Yeah. Um, have all my stuff thing. right there. Have all my stuff right there. It's my little house. Yeah. I like that. I do like that. But I notice I can very rarely ever get comfortable sleeping in a tent. You wake up. All like all through the night. Yeah, I just I, I just never I, I just never was able to get super comfortable sleeping on the ground. Yeah. I mean I could sleep and if I was really tired I'd sleep really well. Mm. But most of the time I wasn't really comfortable. You know, I just it just wasn't working for me. And so uh I guess it was this past summer I started looking at, at, at hammocks. Uh started watching guys like Tim Watson. Uh, we still don't know each other, Tim. We need to change that at some point. Um, <laughs> but I started watching guys like Tim Watson and Frozen and uh, obviously Shug Emery, you know, because Shug is the he's OG, man. Dude, he's he's a beast. Started watching these videos from these guys and um, even Dan Becker a little bit. But Dan was more of a bridge hammock guy, so wasn't really interested in going that route. Uh, so I just started doing some some research and bit the bullet and got a hold of Dream Hammock and ordered a, a hammock from them and ordered a tarp from UGQ. And what I did was I bought a tarp that makes my hammock almost like a tent. Yeah. I, I, I bought, I bought a tarp that basically comes out and builds a tent around my hammock. You can do a million things with the tarp. Yeah. And so I was, for me, I was able to sleep better. Once I realized how you're supposed to sleep in a hammock, suddenly I was sleeping through the night and I was, my back felt great the next morning. That's what you want. And you want to go to sleep and not wake up till the sun comes up. Yeah. Or when you have to get up to go to the bathroom. Because for some reason when you go hiking, you always end up having to go to the bathroom at some point. Every night. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, but I was sleeping really great in the hammock. And so I was happy about that. And, and things were good. And I was able to have a, a tarp that gave me my shelter. And so I was able to get some privacy and still get to sleep way, for me, way more comfortably. What color is the tarp, by the way? Oh, that tarp is definitely scarlet and gray. I I prefer the darker tarp, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah? I don't want that sun waking me up. Sun doesn't wake me up. Exactly, because your tarp is not clear. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm going to get a, I don't know if I'm going to get a, a Dyneema tarp. I don't know if I'm going to because they're all so thin. Yeah. Very few of them are thick enough. Like, you see light through every one of them. Yeah. What if Ben McMillan at Hilltop Packs could print a giant anything on there? I was going to say giant Ohio State logo on there. I don't think he, I think there's copyright on that stuff. I don't think he can do that stuff. He could do it, man. He couldn't sell it, though. Right. You just had to pay for the Dyneema, and he'd have to do it. Pro bono? Yeah. You hear that, Ben? I think he would do it. Just throwing it out there. Big a big Ohio State JK is hiking thing. That'd be kind of cool. That would just be awesome. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You get a little JK is hiking logo in there and right next to the Ohio State O. No, you do one on each side. One side's JK is hiking, one side's Ooh, Ohio State. Are you hearing all this? Anyway, then? anyway, tell, go ahead and finish about your tent. Versus hammock. Well, no, I mean, that's my big thing is like I I actually I do prefer a hammock because I just sleep better. Um, But I don't think I want to do a hex tarp. I I really like I really like the winter dream. It's a little heavier, but I really like my little house. And the thing I like about the winter dream, too, is if I set it up right, I can walk inside of it. Yeah. Which you can't walk inside a tent. You know, so it's like, and I can set it up in a, in a porch mode where I can set my chair under it. I can just hang out there under it. If it's raining, I'll stay perfectly dry and I can just chill out in the tent and you know, inside of my, my tarp. And it's so stuff like that, that for me, that's a big deal. And I really, I per- personally prefer the hammock, but I'm not against the tent. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I almost broke my microphone just now. <laughs> that's a little droopy. It's like mad at me now. okay so you want me to go yeah man tell us what you like so i like i like them both and i'll say if i'm going without my wife then i'm gonna go with the hammock probably but right now my hammock takes up a lot of space because it's a big hammock it's double layered it's 12 foot long and the tarp is 13 feet long, so that takes up a lot of space in my pack. Yeah. And the I, I do want a Dyneema tarp because it's lighter and it's going to be more compact for me. And with the extra length... But I don't think it'll be more compact. Dyneema doesn't pack down as well as nylon. So nylon. No, it's it's actually... It's harder to pack down. Like If you look at Dyneema tents versus your regular tents like this, they're huge. I mean, they're just massive. That was one of the things Darwin was talking about, the Dyneema tents... Oh, they're just they, bigger. They're just big because they're not elastic at all. Gotcha. So it's harder to really pack like those things down. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So, okay. I mean, from the, from a standpoint of space, it's probably, you're right about weight though. Yeah. I mean, it's like half the weight. Another thing is like the absorbing water. Like I don't have a tent that's made out of Dyneema, right? So I had, I took a duplex, which is a Dyneema tent whenever I did my through hike of the long trail, but... I only used it once, and I only set it up twice the whole time I was out there. So I'm cool with the Dyneema um, tent, yeah. but mine's not, so it'll absorb water, which is not fun for me because then you're packing the weight of the you're packing the weight of the water, and you have to let it dry out during the day. Yeah, so that's a true story. That's that's not cool with me. So anyway, um, long story short. 
if I'm going with my wife, I'm definitely taking the tent just because she's more comfortable with us being next to each other. If yeah. I'm going, yeah. If I want to save space, I actually have a one and a half person tent, the Lunar Solo. Oh yeah, I've seen that. It has it's non freestanding. It's super super compact. It's really light. It's under two pounds. That's six Moon Designs, right? Six Moon Designs. Yeah, they they make great stuff. They do. And I've only had um, the Lunar Solo, and I've had nothing but good experiences with it. But, I mean, I can talk about it all day. But long story short, like I was saying, without the wife, hammock. With the wife, tent. And if I'm really trying to save space, maybe it's wintertime, and I'm bringing all kinds of clothes and extra food and stuff, and I want, you know, all this extra luxury things, you know, saw, chair, all that, I'd definitely bring in the one-person tent because it's so tiny, man. It's like takes up the size of a T-shirt would take up. In yeah. My well, you just want that Lunar Solo? Yeah, the Lunar yeah, Solo. Yeah. Now, the hammock, my favorite thing about it is with the tarp, I have one with two doors on each end. It's so like total I have, of four yeah. doors. Yeah. So it's basically what you're saying. It's a tent that's off the ground. And then your hammock is a chair. Yeah. That's off the ground. It's yeah. not a pad to sit on. Yep. So in the rain... You can you can set up the tarp and hang out under there with your buddies, which is amazing. And then also, um, if you set it up in porch mode, it's really easy to walk under. And mm-hmm. porch mode, if you don't know what that is, because I didn't know what it was, it's basically you have trekking poles or sticks that elevate one side of the tarp or both sides, yep. depending on how you want to do it. And it just makes it easier to walk under. And if it if it's wet under there, you don't want to get up against it. Right. So I'm going to go, um, if I had to pick one, the only one I could use, as long as we're not like in the desert and there's no trees, I would go with the hammock. Yeah. Well, funny thing. What do you sleep warmer in, hammock or tent? It With the gear I have, which I have zero degree underquilt, and then I have an EOR X-Lite. So if we're comparing pad versus underquilt. My underquilt's warmer, but you can always buy, you can always buy warmer stuff. Yeah. So I don't have a good answer for that. For me, it's it's a hammock. It was warmer. It, it is actually warmer for me. Yeah, because I can. the The cool thing, like a sleeping pad, sits under you. Yeah. And anybody who knows, if you know anything about like down and how that works, if something is is if down is under you, it compresses. Yeah. But in a hammock, it doesn't because the down is hanging below you so you're just if you set your hammock up right you're just touching your underquilt yeah so so it's not compressing those feathers at all so you're just i mean once it warms up like when you first get into a hammock your butt's a little cold for a little bit yeah but a few minutes in so that body heat comes in man it is so i don't sleep warmer in a tent than a hammock ever and i've got a zero degree top quilt too and man i just almost sweat in a tent (laughs) You know, I mean, it, or in a, in a hammock, sorry, in a hammock. In a hammock. Yeah. And so for me, I, I actually sleep warmer in a hammock. And I've had a lot of people say, you're sleeping in a hammock, you're going to freeze. But when I explain to them how everything works, they're just kind of like amazed because you're basically in a cocoon of down feathers. Well, I had a similar experience to you with the hammock. My first time ever in the hammock, I was I hadn't been backpacking before ever. And I was I was talking to my buddies, and one of them was like, yeah, I've done a couple of overnights. You go out on the trail, and he had an Eno, and I'm sure it was a 10-foot. Eagle Nest Outfitters, for those who are wondering. Eagle Nest Outfitters. Is that what it stands for? Yeah. I had no idea. Yep. But that makes sense. So 
I had an Eno and I had a $10 sleeping bag from Walmart that he would use as his over quilt and under quilt. You literally like thread it through and then zip it up above you. No bug net. Huh. And you zip it all the way up and cover the entire yeah, Outdoor Vitals has some of those. Really? They're, they're uh, what do they call them? Something pods. And, and it, it goes around the entire hammock. No ridgeline? No, it just, it just, um. Because this didn't have a ridgeline. No, there's no ridgeline. It just, uh, it's just a big, they call it a mummy pod, I think. So you just stick the hammock through the foot and then. Yeah, and then it. zip over. Well, that's what that's what he told me to do, and it was going to be. I was I was trying it out in order to prepare for this backpacking trip. That's three, four nights. Yeah, and so I just took it car camping and laid in it. No sleeping bag over me. No underquilt mm. under me. It was probably fifty five degrees that night, sixty degrees something. Maybe it's a little warmer. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I'm telling you, it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> And it was not comfortable, and I probably woke up four or five times, which I guess, looking back, isn't that bad. But definitely, definitely cold. So yeah. if, you're not, if you're not doing it right, you're going to know right away. I mean, there's, there's no getting around it. If you're, if you're doing it wrong, you're going to feel it. Tent, I think tent's more forgiving if, um, if maybe if you've never been. Yes. Because a lot of people are familiar with tents from car camping. But laying on the ground is just as bad as laying cold in a hammock with no underquilt, in my opinion. It is, it is. You're just sucking the warmth from you. Yeah, it's going right into the ground. So no clear winner. I guess it depends on what your needs are. Yeah, I think it's preference. I think it's preference. Both are good. A lot of people, like, it depends on, like, if weight is really important to you, you're probably going to go with a tent. Yeah. If, um, I would say if comfort and really more customizability, is that a word, customizability? I mean, if it's not, it should be. I like it. It's a good word. Um, <laughs> but if you want to customize what you're doing, you're probably going to go with a hammock because hammocks, you really can't customize a hammock because there's so many moving parts to it that you don't have in a tent. Basically, whatever your tent is, is what you have. And with a hammock, you can you pick a different kind of tarp. You can pick different underquilts, top quilts. Um, there are so many thing moving parts. How you do your ridgeline... Um, bug net versus you know top cover uh, there's just so many ways with with hammocks i think that you can just do a little bit more customization than you can with a tent um that's not to say you can't customize tents you can i just think it's maybe a little bit more with uh with the hammock you know what may be the most customizable is tarps the tarp camping yes because you can set it up a million different ways i mean we still haven't discovered all the ways that you could position it evan Evan's backpacking, backpacking videos. Yeah. That guy, he is a master class on tarp camping. His his uh, trip on, on specifically the Shell Toey Trace, when he did that, he spent a lot of time explaining the different ways he was setting his tarp up. And I'm not going to lie, I considered it. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, I don't want to do that. Um, I'd still try. It's I'm just not a floor sleeper, you know, ground sleeper. It's just not my... Well, you can still take a pad to sleep on. It's yeah, just like but, a tent, man. But just even, like a tent. But I don't like sleeping on a pad either. I like sleeping in a hammock. I know. That's now when I go to Utah, if that ever happens now, you know, because the world's dying. So <laughs> ground dweller. It's terrible, man. Like in all seriousness, just a quick switch because it's what we do sometimes. How awful is this whole pandemic thing, man? Dude, <laughs> it's definitely putting a hitch in my giddy. Oh my gosh. For it's sure. horrible. Um, I mean, people are in fear. I had a buddy who went to Walmart the other day and he sneezed 
It's not sick, but you know, you breathe in d- dust or something, you're gonna sneeze. He sneezes. A woman flashes him a dirty look and runs away from him. That's some fear mongering there. Runs yeah. away. One of the worst. I think one of the worst things is labeling it the Chinese virus. Be- and even if we go back to World War II, you have Asian Americans. Some of them, I don't even think were Japanese, and they were being put in different places, like relocated. Right. And so you're creating racism by calling this the Wuhan disease or the Wuhan virus. The, or the Kung Chinese flu. Virus. Anything like the Kung flu. Yeah. That was I haven't one heard that. Yeah, that's another one they were calling it. So anything that's going to, you know, label a group of people, that's a terrible thing because they're all just human beings living on this big blue well, ball called Earth. Well, I think, I think the biggest thing is right now we don't need negativity, period. No. Like people are... I've I've actually started unfollowing some people on social media because they're just making it worse. Facebook is toxic, man. Oh man, it's horrible sometimes. Horrible. Well, anyways, there was our rant for the day. Let's get back to <laughs> yeah. what's more fun because I don't want I don't want to be negative either. So so we're back to it. Okay, so, so we've talked tarps. about we've talked about the bottles. We've talked about the Tyvek. We've talked about tents versus hammocks. Let's talk about sit pads versus chairs. Uh, you would think there's a clear winner. You would think so. But I think it's going to depend on your needs. All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit, man? So let's say that you're doing a, a trek where weight is very important. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely take the pad over the chair. If I'm doing three or four days in a row, that chair's not coming with me. I don't care if it weighs a pound. It's not coming with me. I would rather have a pound of chocolate than a chair to sit on. (laughs) It gets lighter each day. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I'm definitely not bringing that chair when it comes to like anything over three days. Right. right? I'll do two nights and still take the chair. So the pad is weighs almost nothing and it's multifunctional too. Okay. So if you want a chair, you can put the pad on the ground next to a tree. Now, be careful doing this because I got ate up with chiggers whenever I set the chair down yes. on some moss and yes. then leaned up against a tree. And I'm telling you, two days later... You mean the sit pad? Oh, yeah, sit pad. Sorry. Yeah. I misspoke. So I sit that down, and I sat down and leaned against a tree. Two days later, I was eaten up from my ankles all the way up to my knees. Chiggers are awful. Oh, it was red. Chiggers are awful. I had to. Did I tell you? I put this. This I may already said this on the podcast. I'm sorry if you've already heard this. I had to put ointment on from the bottom of my feet up to my neck and sleep in it all night. Oh, she that's said, awful. Leave it on for eight hours and then change your bed sheets. And then uh, she said, this will kill everything that's creating this problem. Because a lot of people think chiggers burrow in. But they don't really burrow in no, to your skin. No. They just bite you and it irritates your skin. And they, they, they bite you a lot. Oh, I don't know how many times. Yeah. How many bites. I have pictures. Basically, they uh, see humans as like buffets. It was awful. Yeah. Anyway, so be careful if you're going to do that. You, you, I don't know how if you, how would you even know there's going to be chiggers there? I don't know. Right. You're just playing the luck of the draw. Right. But the chair gets you up off the ground. And if you're going to go out <laughs> overnight and it's going to be raining... I would definitely bring the chair. Yeah. 100%. I, I agree with you on that. Chair's heavier, though. Man. What about the sit pad? What do you think about the sit pad? I think the sit pad 
it's really good, especially if you're in a tent because you can put it under your pad and it increases the R value of any place you're going to be cold. If your feet normally get cold, put it under your feet. Yeah. If you got a cold butt, put it under your butt. Right. You know, wherever, and it's going to increase the R value a little bit. You can also use it to fan fires. It is perfect yes, it for is. fanning fires. You'll get that fire going. Yeah, you it will. It needs that oxygen. Yeah, you will. And then it'll also shield, um, like if you have alcohol stove, uh, a break from the wind is very, very, very important. Oh, yeah. Way more important than with a canister stove. So you can put that up as a windbreak, too, when it comes to stoves. I'm sure there's another a, a million other uses, like um, sticking it as, we're talking about structure for a, a frameless pack. Mm-hmm. Sit pad is great for that too, adding a little structure. Yep. And a lot of people, a lot of backpacks have it built in where you can strap it in next to your back. Yeah. And then uh, there's your structure. So yeah, I think, I think I'm done. Go. Gossamer gear and granite gear both actually have backpacks that do that. That cinch in? Uh, well, they have the, uh, the pads right there in your back. Yes. So they're right up against your back. Really nice. Yeah. You know, I don't disagree with you on any, anything you said right there. Um, I will say we're finding out something in this, in this podcast. You know this, right? <laughs> We're, we're finding out no we're finding out that you lean more in the ultralight direction and i don't give a crap I think, I, I think that's what we're finding out about this i am not like i used to like really weight was a big deal and it still is but um there's just certain things i want them and so if i want them i don't care how much they weigh uh, i'm, I'm gonna backpack with them um and i'm going to tell you something a lot of people don't know about me when i go backpacking i typically bring both I actually I bring both. Um, I like, especially if I'm using a tent, because I want, I use the sit pad as an entry into my tent inside of my vestibule. So when I get, when I get out, I have a front entry tent, although I got a new one. I haven't tried it yet, but I can't wait to try it. But when you get out, your knees usually go on the ground and I hate getting crap all over my knees and having to wipe it off. But if I have that sit pad there, I can just get out, get on that, don't have to clean myself off. And it's a nice, soft, cushy little thing to put my knees on. And, and so I use that as like an entry mat, like a welcome mat into my tent. Oh, um, say. Also in the wintertime, in the wintertime, sitting in a camping chair is much like sleeping in a hammock without an underquilt. Yeah. Because air is getting underneath it, I will put my sit pad on my chair in the wintertime and sit on that so it keeps my butt warm even when I'm sitting in my chair. Because I don't want a cold butt. I got a hack. Do you mind if I mention it? Let's talk about hacks. <laughs> it's for the chair. Oh, let's hear it. You're talking about chair. I normally will bring the pad regardless if I bring the chair or not too. Yep. Because like you said, your butt's cold in the chair. It is. And if you're in the winter and you're making a fire, normally you're close enough to the fire that you, like a fleece is okay. You you may not need the puffy. And if you're sitting in the chair, your back gets cold too. Right. So you can zip that puffy around if you, I have, I wear large so the the circumference of the opening for the uh, the jacket will fit around the chair. So you can pull it, or you can. I think that you told me about an underquilt that you can buy, or an, yeah, yeah, an underquilt yeah. for the chair. It's yeah, Hillenox Hillenox put, puts one out that's for uh, for chairs in the wintertime. But you can, like you're saying, instead of getting an underquilt, you can zip your jacket up and stretch it over the chair. Yeah, as your underquilt for the chair. Yeah. That's, I saw you do that the other night when we were up at the Red River Gorge. Yeah, I was just trying not to burn my jacket. <laughs> That's going to be in our next episode. Um, okay, so so uh, I guess I guess we're we're probably in the same realm even with this one. Um, 
chair yes most of the time except yeah. if you're doing you, for you if you're doing an extended trip you're not you're not bringing the chair zero chance for me if i'm doing a trip i'm bringing a chair the only time i didn't i'm blaming dan becker for this by the way dan you are in big trouble buddy um <laughs> I, uh, we were going to Wisconsin, meeting up with a bunch of other people, and he said, there's going to be there's gonna be picnic tables, going to be tons of places. Don't worry about bringing the extra weight. You're not going to need a chair. So I didn't bring it. Guess what we didn't have? I bet you had a lot of snow. We had a lot of snow. We didn't have any picnic tables. There weren't any even with... No, no picnic tables, no nothing to sit in. So one night I lucked out, there was a log, a big log there that I was able to sit my sit pad on and sit on that. Um, but yeah, there were no no, no places to sit. Dan, fake news. I, I know, fake news, man. Fake news. What the heck? So I have, that was the end. I was like, I'm never doing that again. That chair's coming with me every single time. I don't care if it's a three-pound chair. If it's the only one I've got, I'm bringing it. Did I don't you bring care. It on your through hike? Uh, I didn't have it on my through hike. Oh, okay. okay. But I did bring a sit pad. And honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, when I was through hiking the, the Sheltoe Trace, um, and when I was doing my extended hikes on it, mm-hmm. uh, I did not ever do a fire. Not one the entire time. Yeah. I was hiking 15 to 20 miles a day and sometimes over 20 miles. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to eat my food and go to bed. You don't have, you don't have time to make a fire if you're going to get enough sleep. Yeah. I I was, I was tired. I made my food. I went and laid down in my tent. Uh, If there was any signal, I would contact my wife and talk to her for a few minutes, maybe do some emails, maybe watch a movie or something. And I would just go to bed. Um, But like when I'm doing weekend stuff with a bunch of guys, then yeah, I'm gonna want to do a fire. So I'm bringing that chair. I got every really time. Lucky. We we had a guy that he already had his trail legs. He had hiked the AT, and um, it took him like two days, and he had his trail legs back. His name was Caveman. Gosh. And so he would always get to camp whenever I was through hiking the long trail. He would get to camp three hours before me because wow. I mean, he could bust out multiple twenty mile days. His calves. Oh my gosh! I guarantee they're twice the size of mine, and he weighed, you know, half as much as me. It's Sounds ridiculous. like my kind of person. Yeah, he could hike it out, man, bust it out, and he's there. And so he would have a fire going whenever we would arrive. And so I'm like, this is the best trail family ever because we got a nurse that's doctoring up our blisters and taping up our feet and giving us ointments, and she has like a massage ball made of cork. And Wow. Like you're rubbing, you know. That's the cushiest long trail hike I've ever heard of. I know. It's awesome. And then you got somebody else that uh, has a fire built for you, and you have another guy that's always has food left over. And I'm man. like, man, I'm just a bum. I'm this along is, for the ride. This is Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah Stringer's <laughs> favorite thing ever. I can already tell. <laughs> so anyway, with the chair, I definitely, <coughs> here's the thing. If you're doing a through hike, in my opinion, after being out there for a couple weeks, the little things are so big that you don't notice some of the luxuries that you're missing in everyday yeah, life. Yeah. Having, having, not running out of wipes. Okay. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So that little luxury is so great that you don't even think about, man, I wish I had a chair right now. Like being able to sit on the edge of the shelter to keep your butt off the ground. You don't even think, man, I wish I had a chair right now. Right. I'm with you on that. It's the little thing. And, and having enough gas in the canister. Yeah. You know, the, it's it's really little things. And and food is that way, too, when yes. you're doing long trails. It could be something you would never eat it at home. 
you would never take spam and <laughs> and ramen noodles and a rice mixture and put them together and be like, man, that's delicious. But when you've hiked 20, 21 miles, at the end of the day, there's nothing but happiness because that is the greatest thing you've ever put in your mouth. You know, one of the worst things, I have dessert after pretty much every meal. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Nice. And I cut all this weight, but I still have dessert after every meal. I eat ice cream. I eat a... I eat like two scoops of ice cream in a cone every single day at home. Man, and you are my kind of person. I dude. know, I know. Me and my wife, that is our that is our thing, man. We love ice cream. I love it. And it running out of running out of sugar when you're on the trail. We had one guy, poor Birdie. I feel so bad for him. He ran out of sugar and only had salty things. For oh, two days. That's awful. I was like, dude, here, take some of this. Because I would buy like four of those one pound Hershey bars. Like I get one that's Hershey, one that's crackle, you know, one that is the uh, cookies and cream and they're big bricks of a candy bar, the big ones. Yeah. And I'll be like, here, dude, eat one of these because <laughs> you know, you're eating like <laughs> pork rinds and peanuts. And I felt so bad. The only at pork one point, rinds, the, any, anything that would man. just make me thirsty. At one point, the only snack he had left, was salt and vinegar almonds. Oh, I was like, dude, oh my gosh. Why are you even bringing those on the trail? We were resupplying, man. You you go to Walmart and you're like, oh, I bet this would be good. Like almonds, that's a very good source of nutrition. But salt, like salt and vinegar? Salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. Sorry, Birdie. Yeah, you know what my favorite thing, my favorite snack when I go backpacking is? Always have them with me. What is it? Welch's fruit snacks. Oh, the yeah. little pouches of them. Yeah, you gave I, me some every time I go backpacking. That is my that is with me. I don't care if it's a day. I don't care if it's if <laughs> ten days. I will have at least two of those a day every time I go out. And like when you're feeling like a little tired, yeah, it's you eat kick. one little pouch of those. It's only a hundred calories, but it's all sugar. Yeah, and within like minutes, you're like, I got this. I can take on the world, you know. And and I love it. They're they're great. I also. Do the electrolyte uh, squirt stuff in my bottle. Have you tried the noon tablets? No, but I've heard they're awesome. Oh man, phenomenal! Expensive. Yeah, try to find them on sale at Kroger. Okay, so let's let's recap real quick okay. before we close this thing out today. Um, let's start with uh, what was our first thing we talked about? We talked about water bottles. The, bottles. the winner today is Smart Water Life Water for me and for you, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's our winner today. I would agree. Uh, Tyvek versus Polycrow was definitely Tyvek. Hard tie on this one, but probably <laughs> give it Polycrow by nose. I'll quit. <laughs> we'll just we'll battle this out. We'll have an actual battle royal later over that one. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, tent versus hammock. Um, I think both of us prefer the hammock, but we also realize there's a place for the tent. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, and, and, and until you learn the hammock, I would definitely prefer the tent. Oh, yeah. Once you learn the hammock, it's great. Yeah. If you don't know the hammock, it's awful. I'm still learning, so. Yeah, yeah. And then last uh, last but not least, the chair battle. Um, I would say for us, we both like chairs, and we both like sit pads. And if if we've learned anything, we've learned that you're more of a ultralight than I am. I because when you go multiple days, you're not bringing the chair. I'm bringing the chair no matter what. Let me say this. I'll prioritize food over the chair. And if I can bring an extra two pounds of food, two pounds of chocolate, 
I will make that sacrifice every day of the week. Now, you're obviously not backpacking in the summer with chocolate for multiple days. you got to bury it in the pack, man. you really got to bury it you in gotta the pack. you got to bury it. It better not see the light of day no. until you're going to squirt it into your mouth. Especially here in Kentucky. <laughs> it's that, hot. You're going to have chocolate syrup at the end of the day with that. So, all right. So, that that's our that's our battle royale for the week. I, I would dare say that we found some interesting things out about ourselves here. And uh, we, you definitely are more of a lightweight backpacker than I am. It, yeah, you'd think so until my pack's 30 pounds every day. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, guys, thanks so much for listening in. Uh, hope you enjoyed the, the – it's actually had structure to it. It's weird. That's weird, man. I, I feel awkward. Like, we actually did something that we're supposed to do for a change. That's okay. Yeah, it happens. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in to the Backpacking Podcast for myself and the – King of Ultralight Backpacking, <laughs> Jeremiah Stringer. <laughs> Have a great one. Adios. Adios.